Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're coming from. We are back with Cleve and me, post-mania. Man, you know, I had Monday off because I knew I was going to be getting a little rambunctious for the Mania weekend, and I was on a high. I rewatched a lot of moments. A lot, to me, and I was talking to Cleveland before the show, I've come back to watching Mania Live since 2018, so that's about five Manias. I went to two of those, the one in New York, 35, and then in Tampa in 37. And to me, this was better than every single one since 2018. Now, you could break it down and keep going further back than that because even people would say of the last decade. But I totally uh, give both nights a thumbs up. And I still watch moments all the time, especially my boy Pat McAfee. Um, and along with Cody Rhodes was just, um, electrifying to say the least. Um, you know, we're going to be bringing in tones today. He's joining us. Uh, he's going to be doing his damn report, uh, in this episode. We also got Cleveland in and out. He's, he's busy with his work schedule. So we're also trying to get him, uh, going before he might have to leak in and out of here. So boys, it was mania season Cleveland. I want to start with you and just say, man. Uh, your thoughts on Mania and how you doing, brother? I think you hit it right on top of the head early in the show. This is the best Mania that they have did in years. Especially, I think this is their second year of doing two nights, so it's it's easier to watch four hours instead of, you know, damn near seven hours how it used to be in the past. We also talked about before yes. we went alive. I thought um, I thought both shows were great. I thought a day one. I mean. WrestleMania day one was slightly better than the day two, only because the main event, you know, we had an injury. We'll talk about that later. But I think the main event was a little disappointing compared to night one main event where we had KO and Austin. But overall, like Joe mentioned, best WrestleMania they probably did in the last few years. Yeah, and like I said, I'm still every day. It's like some moment, something I just – brings it back because it was a great two-night event. Uh, Mr. Tones, hello again. And uh, what you know, I know I watched it with you uh, night two, and you watched night one. It seems like you gave it a thumbs up. But how we doing? And what are the vibes coming from Mania for you? Yeah, I'm doing good. And next time you jackass to start the show early without giving notice or saying something, I'm just walking right out of this damn thing. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to do a couple minutes early for Cleve, who's wor- working right now. That's why we did it. Yeah, well, that's just terrible that you don't let a brother know. <laughs> oh, my um, I felt left out a little bit. I felt like I was getting canceled. We've been going for two minutes and 55 seconds. You know that, right? 
Yeah, and, and two that's two minutes and fifty five seconds too much without me, okay? <laughs> so um we'll get going here though. No, it's always a good time, fellas. Uh it, it, it's a really good time. And uh, honestly, I was impressed with WrestleMania. Um I'm a guy who watches all wrestling the same when it you know, when it comes down to me, I don't care if it's Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, ROH, I, or I try and watch them all the same. Obviously, some are better than others. But what WrestleMania did this weekend was special. They put on a good show. Um, they really performed well. They did things differently that they needed to do for quite a while now. And what I mean in that statement is they broke it up beautifully in terms of Hall of Fame was actually at an appropriate time. Usually they have Hall of Fame ceremony where nobody could watch it. I think it's been on a Thursday night before. I think it's been during the day on a Saturday before. I think it's been on a Saturday night before when WrestleMania all used to be one day on a Sunday. So Friday night was a beautiful start with the Hall of Fame. Saturday was tremendous show. Um, top to bottom, I thought the card was great. The Rick Boogs injury was unfortunate. Uh, the only two things, speaking of the Rick Boogs thing, the only two notable things that I thought could have improved this mania, and uh, these are, you know, microscopic fixes. I think both pre-shows need to do better next year. Um, I, I was really bored. Uh, Sunday pre-show, I was bored. Saturday pre-show, I was excited. It was fresh. It was two hours. No matches. That's okay. But then Sunday, you don't need a two-hour pre-show again if you're not going to do any matches. So I thought that they really botched not putting the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on one of those days. They didn't need it on SmackDown. They could have put it on a pre-show or that Kofi Kingston match to give Kofi a better opportunity. And then I feel bad. There were It seemed like a handful of fallen soldiers between Rick Boogs. Roman got a little hurt. Brock, I guess, apparently got a little hurt. And then... Bianca Belair got a black eye. All that aside, tremendous show. These celebrities, I tweeted it, best celebrity performances of all time in wrestling. I never want to hear another schmuck again say, oh, why is this celebrity in the ring? Oh, why are they in the ring? Any celebrity in the proper storyline can perform exactly what they need to do. Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass crew did a great job. Honestly, a lot of people were doubting Johnny Knoxville and the things he could do. They did a tremendous job working in the strengths of Jackass and Johnny Knoxville to make it a better match. Kudos to Sami Zayn, who had a hell of a performance. He's a pro's pro. Uh, Pat McAfee, hell of a performance. Logan Paul, hell of a performance. Jake Paul, hell of a promo. Just so many good moments and so many good times, especially with the celebrities. And I really got to tip my cap to them because they're the ones, although WrestleMania will always be great. It'll always get its views and whatnot. But when people hear Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul, Pat McAfee are performing, people actually, you know, pay attention to that. I have a lot of fans on my Twitter timeline who aren't wrestling fans by any means that were ecstatic at the things that Pat McAfee did. Last year, same case with Bad Bunny. I thought Mania was great. I give it right around a 9, 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, and I uh, agree. I think Cleveland did as well when we were texting the group chat. And going way back to the beginning of what you were saying, I also like the Mania where it was at. I know we were uh, also watching that at the same time. It it was a good touch, a good breakup. I liked the Friday. Now, what I could have also been a fan of too is you could have took a match even from the nxt and put it in a pre-show you could have even they did a good job of having a saturday during the day show which i like that thought tremendous but, uh, show tremendous but, show 
Also throw in um, pre-show a match. I could, if it's just one hour, you don't really need a match. But if you're going to have an hour and a half, two hours, it, I do see that as a thing. Uh, Cleveland, we're going to get right into, and it, it could it could be anything. It could be a match. It could be a moment. It could be uh, you know Hall of Famer. It could be anything you want. We're going to go top three mania moments. Um, I don't know. You don't really have to go in order. Um, if you want to go from three to one, you can. That is your call. But give me one of your favorite mania moments. Oh, favorite mania moment. Um, I've been hyping up about this match all week since it happened. My favorite mania moment was the Bianca winning the women's champion from Becky Lynch. As I mentioned earlier, that was probably the best women match the entire week. Um, it really changed my perspective on Becky Lynch with this, like, in the ring-wise. Before then, I really – I saw how great she was in the mic, but I never really saw the hype beyond Becky Lynch. And now, after this match with Bianca Belair, I do see it. I think they put on a phenomenal match, like I mentioned. So, Bianca winning the Raw Women's Champion after losing it at SummerSlam, which created a slow storyline leading to Mania, was probably my first favorite moment from the and that's what I want to say. The fans who complained and cried all over social media that Bianca lost in 13 seconds. This was, or 26 seconds, excuse me. This is good long sto storytelling. They want long-term storytelling. They took you with Bianca and Becky from that return of Becky Lynch in August all the way through to Mania. And where now Bianca has won two belts in a row, the SmackDown uh, first against Sasha. And now this year... She has beaten Becky Lynch, so kudos to her. Uh, the black eye, as Tones mentioned, it was very noticeable. We did have a, quite a few injuries coming out of it, but that's what happens when you enter the Super Bowl wrestling. Uh, a direction I'm going to go, and I'm actually, ah, it's so hard for me to go to three three to one if I try, but I'll, I'll try to do it, and I'll go Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin moments. First off, kudos to him for lasting uh, you know, in a 15-20 minute no holds barred match that went all, all over the stadium in Jerry World. That was impressive. Number one, I thought we were going to get a quick match, nothing like that. So that was good to see. And then number two, nobody expected him, and not even people like Pat McAfee or Austin Theory knew he was coming. Um, Vince McMahon uh, is me and he did get Vince McMahon totally knew because he gave like a little side before he had that epic failed, uh, you know, stunner moment, which was just hilarious uh, after the great one by Theory and McAfee. But anyways, Stone Cold made both nights great, uh, hearing his music twice with the glass shattering and him, and him actually coming out, which didn't happen for Tones. He might deny at the Monday Night Raw when Kevin Owens dressed up as him. Uh, you know, you killed it, Stone Cold. You always do. But to be a part of both nights and where you haven't really been around that much in 19 years, I just need to give him uh, his kudos and say I loved every minute of it. It didn't seem like some over, you know, over-the-hill guy who just was there because his name's Stone Cold. Tones, what is one of your mania moments? Yeah, one of the moments I like specifically, which a lot of people aren't talking about, it's getting overlooked a little bit. How beautiful was that match between two legends of wrestling, two of the best that have ever suited up in the ring? Edge and AJ Styles was a tremendous show, and not only was it a great match, and not only was it the longest match to take place at WrestleMania, by the way, both nights combined 24 and a half minutes for that Edge match, by far the longest match on the card 
it goes to show Edge has still a lot left in the tank. AJ Styles still have a lot left in the tank. It goes to show if you're a wrestler, you take care of your body, you do things the right way, you can put on a hell of a show. We see guys who go over the age of 40 and it goes one way or another. Here's two guys who some people considered at the end of their careers not only perhaps put on the longest match at WrestleMania, but the most underrated match and one of the better matches of it all. And who can forget at the end when Edge created a stable or faction and we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Um, you know, the things WWE is doing to get stables and factions included again makes it feel like uh, old time wrestling and, uh, you know, good things to see there. I, I like what they did with the Edge situation a lot. And I want to talk more about um, that stable potential, but I'll wait till after the damn report because I feel there, you know, there's quite a few news and notes out there and I don't want to take anything away from that, but I do like Edge. Um, You know, he doesn't have a lot, a lot, he has a lot left in the tank physically, but he's not going to give a lot of years left. So I'm interested to see where this um, stable or Damian Priest goes and AJ Styles, I've been that pyro in it. Ooh, it was like all of a sudden he came out and got hit. That's why it's a, that could be a dangerous game sometimes. They do put on a great fireworks show, but sometimes those things get a little nasty. And yeah, speaking of the damn report, wait till you hear the name rumored that could be joining that stable. And that's exactly why I shut up. Um, because I'll just talk too much and I'll end up saying night number two, or excuse me, not night number two, but your moment might be from night number two. Who knows? We're going to go to your, you know, second or number two moment, Cleveland. Do you want to hit us with that right now? What do you got? Uh, let me think. Let me think. You know what? Why you think I'll go first? Because if you're going to, yeah, you think of your next moment. Gee, Lou. No, hey, he's working fans. Give him, give him a little credit out there as he's, uh, doing the dog days. Um, Oh, man, it's so hard for me to choose because I am going three, two, one. I'm, I'm ready if you need I'll go Cody Rhodes. I'll go Cody Rhodes, and I almost put him number one. The reason I didn't is because of my you know love affair with who I'll say next, and I think many of us know that. But everyone knew Cody Rhodes was coming either Mania or the Monday Night Raw after. But just to hear all the lights go down, and you know the little statement get made how, you know, there's always a wrestling family, uh, a greater one out there. And then the music drop and him come out from underneath as the person he wants to be, you know, not, not stardust, obviously where he made a, especially on Monday night raw, he said, you know, he was a star that left like the dust. Uh, and he knew that, but it was just chilling to see him come back. His emotion. I love it so much. Cause it's real. I watched him on the bump. I watched Monday raw, everything, he truly wears it on his chest. He he said it all along. He wanted to come back and be a champion. That's the, that was the reason. It's a, it's about wins. Unfortunately, his first run, it didn't happen as often as he would have liked. He loved AEW, did a lot of great things there. But at this time, which he did not think a few years back or maybe even a couple, he wanted to join the big time again. And here he was at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins and was a phenomenal match. I would say... Styles Edge and Rhodes Rollins were the top two uh, men's matches of the Mania, and it's a toss-up because they were both so great. Uh, it just was chilling. I I could watch him come out the entire time, make his way down the ramp, see the motion on his right uh, face, and then just to see him go against somebody good, as good as Seth and get the W, I thought was really cool. Um, 
I had to buy a shirt. I was so happy about it. Tones, over to you with your next one. Yeah, you blew me off on that order. I, we're, ma- we're making another one. Folks, this kid promised I'll let you know when I put it in order. I never got an email, a text. Maybe you sent the postcard and I'll get it in the mail sometimes. But... We'll make another one by Friday. Cool. Uh, ain't holding my breath. <laughs> Anyways, my uh, number two moment of the weekend was, Joker. honestly, I was doubting it. I was hating on it, but hats off to them for a fabulous Friday night of WrestleMania. Some might have viewed it as, oh, is it going to be too much? Three days full of wrestling. Well, Friday night had the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which I think they could have placed better. But since it was on Friday night, I got to give a shout out to a surprise that happened there. Madcap Moss won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And not only did he win it, he impressed. Cleveland's boy. He did a great thing right there. A lot of people didn't have him winning. And it's a heck of a um, time for him. We'll see if him and Corbin separate or if they stay together. And then on top of that, the Hall of Fame. This felt to me like not only the best Hall of Fame class, in my opinion, and I'll explain why in a minute of all time in the WWE, but also the greatest uh, reception, perhaps, in the Hall of Fame in WWE history. And that was centered around The Undertaker. But let's start with the Warrior Award recipient, Chad Gaspard from... Crime Time, who was formerly partnered with JTG. Obviously, the Warrior Award, is it's like an honorary Hall of Fame member in terms. It's someone who showed courageous, heroic efforts in their life. And to me, they've had some decent ones before, but none have really been fitting. And then this one hit. Chad hits like a ton of bricks, man. Chad deserves it like crazy. Sacrificed his life for his son drowning in 2020. Chad, you'll never be forgotten. I remember watching Crime Time growing up. It was a hell of a time. You guys are one of those tag teams that feared nobody, and it was just incredible, and your wife did a tremendous job of um, inducting you into, into the Hall of Fame for the Warrior Award. Moving on to the Steiner brothers, these two were incredible. Two-time WWF tag team champions, two-time IWGP tag team champions, seven-time WCW tag team champions, and one-time WCW United States tag team champions. You can name the single accomplishments and a whole lot more, but the Steiner brothers, one of the best in the business, and they were introduced by none other than Braun Breaker, current NXT champion and son of a legend. Kudos to the Steiner brothers for not only having a hell of a career, but a hell of a Friday night in the Hall of Fame. Next up, but certainly not third, Queen Charmel. Booker T may have looked high all weekend, but Charmel looked good on Friday night when she was giving her Hall of Fame ceremony speech. Charmel was a longtime WCW and WWE manager, most famous of her husband, Booker T, and her Queen Charmel role. Charmel, you're one of the best female managers, if not best WWE managers there ever have been. These last two hit home, and this is one of the better one-two Hall of Fame punches, if not the best one-two Hall of Fame punches ever. It's time. It's Vader time. Vader, it's Vader time. In the ring, and not only a force in the ring, a force in entertainment being shown on not one, not two, but three episodes of Boy Meets World, all being the highest rated and most watched Boy Meets World at that time when it came out, just showing how big of a deal Vader was. Vader was a three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, one-time WCW United States Heavyweight Champion, and the 1993 Battle Bowl winner. Vader was one of the most feared in the ring, and the only thing I could wish more was that he was alive for his Hall of Fame induction. Last but not least, The Undertaker. In my opinion, he is the best to ever step in the ring, obviously, 
as me and Joey were debating all weekend, you could put like 30, 40, 50 people in your top five. So I'm not even going to get into baiting goats, but I think Undertaker is my personal goats. The things the Undertaker did for me growing up watching wrestling, it was like none other before. And perhaps that's why Vince McMahon was the one to introduce him. Remember at the end of the day, it's not about what you do in life. It's about how you do it. Undertaker is one of the best there ever was, and it's because he did it the right way 110% of the time. WWE will never be the same without the dead man, but his presence will always be felt in an airy way. We thank you, Undertaker. Yeah, and I definitely had uh, the few tears threaded between Chad, between Undertaker. The good weeping, good good ones for Taker, sad ones for Chad. It was a um, definitely a great Friday night for the whole industry. Um, going on to our third and final moment, it might be your best. It might, uh, just be another moment, but, uh, Cleveland, what do you got for our Cleveland? will be right back. So I'm going to go my number one moment. And that is easily. Pat McAfee. Let me, let me first off by say, yes. Am I, is this a hundred percent? One of my favorite dudes ever. Yes. Is it somebody I would want to be? Yes. Is, uh, did he play on my favorite football team? Yes. Um, he just does so many similar things and so many segues that I like to go along with him that I was always going to like what he did. But first off, the entrance with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders to come out into that song where the entire crowd for that match, during the match, after the match, the Monday Night Raw after when he wasn't even there, McAfee's song was uh, made the, the place electric. Then he takes the football and punts it into the stands, which is just cool to see. Michael Cole, kudos to you because it sounded like you're his father figure and you were actually like rooting for him in that match. And like, like after he did a couple cool, cool moves, uh, after he jumped, flipped backwards, then jumped to the a box jump to the top rope, does the back uh, words off of it, takes Theory down. And he's like, uh, McAfee, cover him, cover him, damn it. And it was just, the energy was just there. Uh, you know, he brings it on the mic every week to SmackDown. We've seen him do this before with Adam Cole. So it's nothing we were surprised by. A lot of people were excited to see McAfee, but uh, it even rose beyond those expectations. And usually when you have high expectations for something, they sadly don't quite live up to it because it is so high. But for me and him being one of my favorite people ever, he surpassed it. Uh, I also won't mention anything, but he'll be, it seems as if he won't be a regular in the ring, but um, he'll definitely have more moments in the ring. But Cleve, you know, we've been waiting for you for a while now. I just gave my number one fantastic, stupendous mania moment. What do you got for us? All right, so I got uh, two since I skipped the second one. First, I want to just, you know, piggyback to what Tom said about the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, about, you know, Madcap winning it. <clears throat> as great as he was winning it, I mean, to be fair, to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is sort of like winning the 24-7 title. People don't really care after a few months. But anyway. <laughs> uh, you want me to like, read you the list of guys <laughs> who won it before, bud? I know who won it, and how many of them have won the world champion since winning it? But anyway, that's a handful of ended up you know, being the world champion. Come but, on, uh, that's a clown statement for a guy who said Matt <sighs> Fox couldn't do anything in his career. 
Look at you now. Now you're stretching the goalpost. Now wait, wait, from he can't do anything in his career. Oh, here we go. Next right, step. To, now when he becomes a tag team champion or the intercontinental champion, you're going to say, yeah, but he's not the WWE champion. Then when he becomes, it's like, holy hell, what the hell's I, going on? I just got a quick point before I hop back to what I was saying. Um, two people wanted, I believe, Baron Corbin and Cesaro, and I don't remember either one of them winning world champions. Or, But – that's not here or there. Anyway, the second favorite. Yeah, t- you got to move on. What do you got for your moments? What do we Big got? Big Show won. Matt Hardy won. Braun Strowman. I knew he was going to go here. What do you have for your moments, Cleef? First one was the Raw Tag Team match. I think that match was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Between the Street Profits, the Alpha Academies, and the RK Bro. The finish of that match was probably up there for the weekend with best finish. Watching Riddle hit the RKO and then Ordy hitting on Chad. Yes. A pretty cool way to see. And you just love the reaction Randy gets from the crowd now. It seems like he's so happy doing what he does right now. He's in a nice position with Matt Riddler. That was my second one. And my first moment, it's between, it's a mixture of Vince, seeing Vince McMahon in the ring again and Stone Cold. Sort of brought back memories of watching the Attitude Era or just when they was in the ring, even though Vince didn't do anything, just to watch him, you know, kick McAfee when he's on the ground and stuff was pretty cool to see. And then Stone Cold coming out there, taking a suplex on the concrete ground, which is something I thought we would never see again, but that was great to see. So Austin and McMahon being in the ring was probably my top moment from WrestleMania. Loved it as well. Tones, what is your moment of Mania 38? And there were a lot of good ones. I mean, all the OGs coming out, all the celebrities coming out as well. And I, I alluded it uh, to it earlier, but if I didn't mention it already, it'd be the celebrities. But mine has to be my lady Charlotte Flair looking great. Wow. Ronda Rousey like she did. Everyone said Ronda was going to come in. She came back and she, you know, won the Rumble, which gave her rights to eventually challenge for a woman's title and uh, honestly both the women's matches are my from saturday night are my number one combined um bianca and becky put on a hell of a show i love becky um she lost but she looked great in there bianca did a good job too and then charlotte winning another champ or retaining her title i mean i say it every week at this point but she is not only entering territory for greatest women's wrestler but She's honestly going to get herself into GOAT conversation in terms of wrestling in general. Uh, The championships are there. The in-ring performances are there. Her moves are there. Her submission move takes a lot of skill to do. Her intro is awesome. Her mic skills are through the roof, and Charlotte Flair will continue her dominance, hopefully, for many, many years to come. WWE has a great one with Charlotte, the greatest woman ever with Charlotte. And hopefully for the rest of her career, she could continue to provide very good moments for uh, SmackDown, Raw, or wherever she may be in the wrestling world. Yeah, and um, I, you know, because I one of the moments that I know you really love that I'm a little surprised you ever top three, but there's so many to go from. It's going to lead us right into our next segment, and we'll talk about that. One thing you would change, whether it's a match, whether it's a moment, whatever you want. Uh, I would actually is my I love first off I want to give Sami Zayn versus uh, Johnny Knoxville I'm going to give it an A minus I thought that was beautifully done 
Uh, Wee Man was fantastic. The move he was able to put on was awesome. Chris Pontius seeing him do the party boy. The only thing I would have changed, and it, it's something minor, the only reason I don't give it an A and, a say, and instead of an A minus is Sami Zayn, I would have gave the win. That's what I would have changed. Um, you, you could have had everything happen, and then the last part where they get stuck in the trap, you could have had Knoxville get stuck in it and Zayn win. It, it's a minor thing to it, but it does give him a W and something he did so great because out of all of the celebrities, um, clearly Knoxville was the least skilled in terms of ring work. Now, Johnny Knoxville is the biggest badass in terms of taking, you know, on bumps and hits and breaking, doing bad, badass things. Just go watch Jackass. It's not too hard to see. But I, that would have been the one thing I would have changed. Uh, it did take me some time to think about it, but that's, you know, that would have been my gratification for Sami Zayn is, hey, you know what? You fought with Johnny Knoxville, um, who's willing to take a lot of risk, but, you know, isn't crazy with, uh, you know, the agility and the uh, maybe, you know, strength that some others might have. So, Tones, I'm going to go to you next because I know you are a huge fan of that, and then you could tell us what you ch- what it changed. Yeah, the reason why I couldn't list that in my top three is because the exact reason you just named Sami Zayn losing that match made me uncomfortable with it. And it was a great match. I think, the, like I said earlier, they utilized the Jackass crew as great as they can. They were good celebrity appearances. Uh, touche to all of that. But um, it, it rubbed me the wrong way having Sami Zayn lose. I know you can't have everybody win all the time, but look, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn re-signed with the WWE. They want to be with the WWE. Obviously, the WWE gave them huge amounts of money to stay with their company, so they want them to stay. They dominated in NXT. They had great runs to begin their career. If I could change one thing moving forward, um, you know, these guys both had good Mania matches against Stone Cold and Sami Zayn, it'd be for them to win, but we're not talking about forward. We're talking about now. My biggest gripe was the pre-show, and you named the Sami Zayn thing. That'd be the number one thing I could Correct. Change, I'm not going to double that. So, um, By the way, phenomenal match. The outcome could have been different, though, and that would have made it on my way to the top three. But one thing I could change is, honestly, how the pre-shows uh, were constructed. It was a lot of good wrestling done this weekend, but it was four hours of pre-show, uh, two Saturday, two Sunday, no matches in those four hours. And not only that, they had um, live shows of The Bump. If you don't know what that is, it's pretty much a cool show. It's like a pre-show. They had that on for two hours each before both of the pre-shows. So in theory, you had four hours of pre-show if you watched The Bump because they had wrestlers on, they had um, celebrities on, they had insiders on. So it's pretty much the same thing as the pre-show, except a different set. They were in an inside building. They were in a ring at one point. A lot of cool things because they were on site at WrestleMania Access. But to have, um, in theory, four hours of pre-show a night and a total of no pre-show matches, and then you give a guy like Kofi Kingston a one-minute and 50-second match on the main card and a loss on top of that, to me, you could have utilized Kofi a lot better, giving him a 20-minute match in the pre-show. Um, you know, that would have made people's days in the pre-show. One day you could add a Kofi Kingston um, against the Irish fellas match. And then one day you could have had a random 24-7 title match uh, happen randomly somewhere in the pre-show. Boom, problem solved. You have two good matches. You have a title match in pre-show A, and you have Kofi Kingston, a very great wrestler, one of the best in the business, getting his well-deserved match in pre-show B. So it seems, because in, in – 
you could jog my memory to either of you, but I know for a fact most manias in the past when they have their pre-shows, they'll have like a, a couple of uh, some wrestlers on, but usually not a ton of celebrities. Usually the person who run uh, hosts it, or maybe one or two, but they definitely had more. Like I remember Leonard Floyd, Jake Paul, Travis Kelsey. So maybe you know they went more of the in uh you know, hey, let's get an interview. I think maybe you could have done away with one or two of those interviews and then throwing in a match. Is that what you're kind of saying? Because they did have a lot more interviews, I feel like, with people outside of the WWE industry than usual. And, I mean, we've seen that before, though. Like, when Gronk signed with the WWE, he was pretty much in the pre-shows the entire time. And they still had the Andre the Giant battle royal and pre-show that year. And I will say, I feel like Gronk broke the barrier almost in sorts of, uh, celebrities appearing around or in the WWE and, uh, you know, Gronk actually signed with them and performed some, but yeah, we've seen it at manias before where we've seen some, um, big dollar people in, in the pre-shows, maybe not to this extent exactly, but at that point, if you're not going to have a match, you could just do one hour of pre-show and two hours of the bump. Um, you don't need a two hour pre-show if you want to do all interviews, because, some points it was like, who's this random TikTok dude they have on? Or you yeah, know, that guy know. could do away with you. That was the only one I was like, all right, get out. You had Jerry the King Lawler and Booker T going <laughs> at it low key because one was high Jerry's hell, uh, Jerry's denial as hell. So you know Jerry uh, Lawler, I love him, but some of his comments were oof. But nonetheless. Long story short, if I could change one thing, it'd be the structuring of the pre-shows. Yeah, and kudos to Kayla Braxton because she does do a great job uh, with the bump, as you mentioned, is with those pre-shows, uh, the young, fine, beautiful lady there. So kudos to her. Cleveland, what would you change in WrestleMania 38? All right, before I go, I just want to say you both made great points. First to the Sami Zayn. You guys are absolutely right. Even though he doesn't win, I think WWE – should push Sami Zayn or he deserves something for putting on the great of a match because let's be honest, Kevin, uh, Sami Zayn carried Johnny Knoxville through that match, basically. I think Tones mentioned that he was the least experienced wrestler of the three. The least, uh, I'm trying to say not experienced, but the least li- The believable. most raw. Yeah, the least believable of the three and Sami Zayn had his work cut out for him. Let's, let's be 100%. So, Hopefully he gets pushed into the United States and earning Cottonell champion picture as a reward. Tones made a good point. That New Day and the Irish guys, that could have been on a pre-show or on a SmackDown. They had no business on a Mania match, and I was so happy when that match was over just because how dull it was. Well, you didn't have to wait long. <laughs> That's true. That was the best part about it. It just felt, like, awkward. Even in that minute and 50 seconds, it felt like everyone was just – not sure and what they, they were supposed they to do. Had Pete, they had Pete done like a rabid dog. Like, he was just all over the place. Like, you know, it, it was cool at first. But like, bro, get him under control. You know what I mean? It's just like, eh. But I think the moment I would change would be the ending of the title versus title, especially seeing – I would take – hopefully, I would say if the injury didn't happen, I think we probably could have had a better ending. I know a lot of people are confused at the end of the match. You know, Roman hits one spear. And it's over. A lot of people are very pissed off about it. That usually happens before WWE releases information a day later about what happened. But I would have loved to change the outcome of that match. But Roman winning was the right call. But I think it could have ended just slightly better without the injury. Yeah, it definitely um, 
would have had, I would have probably said five to 10 more minutes, but you know, just more finishers thrown in there to see who beats each other to unify them. Before we get to the Dan report real quick, I do want to give a couple news and uh, notes. Uh, first off, we'll be, uh, we have a loaded guest schedule coming up in the following week. So it's good to just get us three here as we thank Alex as always. He joined us last week. Um, few former guests like Mark Dykton, Buck What You Heard, uh, the CH, Corey Hayes. We're going to be getting a lot of uh, good intel coming in the next few weeks and just different perspectives. And number two, I was trying to think. Oh, we do. So Hell in a Cell, we are booked. This crew and Tim Crowley officially right now. We're going to grow that. Uh, we're not really sure what Ryu Kendrick's up to he, or if he'll be able to make it. He's got his own uh, thing, weird things going on. Um, but he did have a great weekend in Dallas. He talked to me about it, and it was, he met a lot of OGs. I do remember him telling me Cedric Alexander was one of them. Uh, he posted a couple on his social media as well. But there was quite a few uh, OGs that he met, uh, and he said it was definitely worth it. He was there from Thursday to Sunday. And then – to get his tape from Steve-O and needed an extra guy to clean up. I, I was, I, I would have hoped Steve-O would have shut up. Like that's another thing that's I want to. Steve-O dining hall for me. I, oh know. come, come on, man! Jeez. Um, I was gonna say though, going back to your thing real quick before the damn report, the celebrities they do bring a lot of people around. Like Pat McAfee, all his people from the show flew out there. Um, he has millions of and millions of followers on Twitter. Uh, Knoxville speaks for itself going back generations. Uh, Logan Paul, I mean, pff, he the dude fought Mayweather, he and he had a phenomenal showing. Uh, we didn't even mention him, but he had uh, you know, quite a few good movies. Uh, Cleveland gives a thumbs up. I don't know why he put on a phenomenal thing. I, mentioned, be, I mentioned Logan, no, I know, but about his match, it, uh, it wasn't any of our top three, so I just wanted to give him some uh. You know, kudos there. He wasn't on Monday night. He did call Miz a bitch, though, for I love the Miz turn. Uh, but that being said, before we talk a little raw and get out of here, let's get to the damn, damn, damn report. All right, Joey, the damn report brought to you by your finest dealers at the dealership of local Cleveland, me, the one stop shop for wrestling talk in the industry. Over to you, Tampa Tones. All right, thanks, squeaky voice, man. We're doing the damn report today, fellas, and we got a pretty good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to flipping burgers, buddy, and be late on inviting me to Cleveland, me again. The audacity and stuff. It's like. You, you you can't hate my squeaky voice guy if you're gonna do that you you clown you put on a you're dancing in the background now get a red nose on but anyways damn report uh here we go nonetheless I will say um Nikita Lyons from NXT is making a name for herself on social media uh she posts a lot of good selfies let's just say nice looking lady and I have non wrestling fans hitting me up actually saying. Why don't I watch wrestling if there are people like this in it? And I said, that's on you, brother. I don't know why you're not watching wrestling either. But Nikita Lyons, social media sensation. Go check her out if you're not aware of their Per Fightful, what I was alluding to earlier, for the Edge stable, Edge already added Damian Priest. And Per Fightful, Rhea Ripley is a name that has been pitched to join Edge's stable. That would be pretty interesting. Uh, I could see Rhea Ripley fitting in like a glove there. She would be tremendous to that. She kind of fits the badass with Priest and Edge they got. And uh, 
Damien, or uh, speaking of Ray Ripley, her and Kevin Owens had an interesting altercation walking up and down the ramp. So we'll see if that leads to something to come. Bailey tweets, hello, you idiots. Can you please be respectful to the injured? Yeah, yeah, big deal. And I wasn't booked on WrestleMania 37, but I'm over and so should you. And I miss this year. Thanks to you guys. Let it go. I moved on and never think about it. P.S. Yes, I fix wigs as a side hustle. So Bailey was injured and uh, that's why she wasn't there. And people tweeting at her. She was just showing what she does on the side and explaining what happened to her tonight on AEW. The Hardys have a tables match. So if you're in need of some old school wrestling, if you want that table adrenaline tonight, you could get that as a Hardys take on Andy complains and blade of Buffalo in a tables match. That should be a fun match right there. What could have been AJ Styles tried to lure the undertaker into one more match at this year's WrestleMania boy. Oh boy. I think I would have fainted onto the floor if I would have seen that one. The Rock debuts the new XFL logo in Vision. Obviously, the XFL comes back next year. What could happen? The Rock could be at WrestleMania in Hollywood. He could get a good push for the XFL. Just connecting some dots there, fellas. But as The Rock keeps getting more and more involved with the XFL, look for him to get back into the WWE as the two are kind of intertwined. WWE signs Duquesne football star Roman Masick to a contract. Impact announces on April 23rd they're live from the MJN Convention Center in New York for a live show, and that features Donna Peruzzo and Taya Malikai in a three-way title match for the woman. Uh, not sure you could have three belts on the line, but Impact is doing that. Taduti Miles recalls Vince McMahon telling former WWE stable hit row, WWE is a movie production. WWE announces they have released uh, NXT Tag Team Champion Nash Carter as he's been abused of allegations of domestic abuse. So a star gone. We know the WWE doesn't play around with that stuff. Guilty or not guilty. If there's accusations, they're going to cut you. Look at Enzo Amore. Look at um, Rick Swan, And now it happens to Nash Carter. Plans are in place to make Roman Reigns WWE's next crossover star for years to come. Cody Rhodes on wanting to retire at the age of 40. Maybe that isn't the number anymore, hinting at a possible longer career than he envisioned. WWE reportedly considering a big change in main roster call-up for the group Imperium. Obviously, um, Imperium is interesting. Gunther! It's a big group on the rise, and uh, they said that it's preparing a call-up that could include um, Barthel and Gunther being called up without Aichner, however you pronounce it, but interesting times there. WWE legend Sonny is in trouble. She actually killed a guy this past weekend. In a D in a hit and run, it was a 75-year-old man in Florida. Police suspect she was under the influence of booze. So if that is true, she's uh, done for. And she's had a long, long run-ins of histories with the law. So things are looking ugly for her. Tony Khan has high expectations for tonight's episode of AEW, which will feature the Young Bucks versus Fight the Revival. Um, producer Gabe Sapolsky is officially free from his WWE 
non-compete clause. Nick Khan teases WWE is big plans for Roman Reigns in dot, 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 Hollywood. And last but not least, dun, 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 Corey Graves wants to wrestle Pat McAfee bring at it. WWE Survivor Series. We all say it. These guys bring it week in and week out. Two uh-huh. great announcers. Corey Graves used to be in NXT before he suffered an injury, which put him to the announce table. Pat McAfee, obviously, an announcer. So two friends going at it. It would be fun to watch. And that's this week's damn report. Damn, damn, damn. Well, thank you very much for that. Is You know, a lot of cu- news comes out of Mania weekend. It's been crazy from all the way from Friday to Saturday to Sunday to Monday. We're getting on the last 15 minutes of the show here. And uh, I want to talk a couple of things and then the Raw after uh, is there will be a couple of crazy conversations, I'm sure. One, Gable Stevenson, uh, you know, kudos to his debut. He's going to be committed for a while. Uh, Stephanie introduced him at Mania, and then shoosh, Chad Gable interfered. So look look for Gable to get more involved. And uh, I sent it to you guys earlier. It was cool. Cody Rhodes had a dark match with Kevin Owens after Raw and gave The Rock's mom a hug. Um, she was in the stand, so that was uh, just a couple of cut, cool news and notes. I got to get to this, though, boys. Who wants to walk with Ezekiel? Um, okay, so first off, this is what I'm going to say. And if you missed it, here's the quick and short. Kevin Owens is coming out. You know, he just had his Stone Cold thing happen. And all of a sudden, somebody interrupts him. And everybody gets dead awkward side on the crowd because they don't it's hard to tell at first and then people are like is that elias is that it kind of looks like la knight from nxt is it and then they everyone realizes it's elias and he comes into the ring fully shaved shorter hair uh and he goes and it says ezekiel so some people thought ezekiel jackson was coming back it was just let me say this from this optics and from the first showing it looks like a thumbs down, even for me, who loves to try to see the light. Now, I'm going to say one thing is I was listening to a couple of different shows. If, you know, you never know how a character could develop. Could this be, you know, he is acting like the younger brother and then eventually we get Elias back because that's the point. Everybody, you know, really hates on this Ezekiel guy. Everyone's like, this guy sucks. Give us a lot. And then Elias comes back that much stronger or you know, a couple of other things that were mentioned. So I, I do want to see it play out. But for right now, and to many of the WWE universe, it was a thumbs down. I I don't know who wants to take it first. Who wants to comment on Ezekiel? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. It's a flop. It's I don't think it's going to get over with the crowd, especially because people know that that's Elias. This isn't a few years ago where you could repackage a person in the crowd to play alone. The crowd clearly sees that it is Elias. And I just feel that this is sort of like when they switch Nikki Ash to superhero. This is just Elias' way, slowly but surely, he's going to be out of the WWE. And it's pretty sad because he had one of the most more entertaining characters over the last few years with his guitar and stuff. He wasn't that great in the ring, but he was an entertaining character to completely change him and make him this goofball named Ezekiel. It's just... He'll probably be gone by SummerSlam if we're being completely honest here. I give it a thumbs down. Are you walking with Ezekiel Tones? Uh, I don't know if you guys want to hear my real thoughts, my real opinions, but it was probably 
one of the worst things that WWE has done in the past calendar year, if not the past decade. It was disgusting. It was stupid, distasteful, and dumb. And I'm leaving it at that. And uh, no, I'm not walking with freaking Ezekiel. <laughs> I hope um, he gets released if he's going to stick with that character. And you could just tell by the facial facial expressions that Ezekiel was doing in the ring. You could tell he was uncomfortable being in that ring as Ezekiel. And uh, it was just an uncomfortable. Even Kevin Owens is like, who the hell is it? he's like? He called him Enrique or something. He's like, with your beady little eyes, I know who you are. It's just, yeah. I mean, they could do a lot better. And uh, if that that on the post uh, raw or post mania raw was just. Um, you know, a shot in the arm. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, like when Tones and I went to 35, he had a great moment with Cena. Uh, the Raw after, he goes, the next one to come out is a dead man. And The Undertaker came out. So he's just – I what I really hope from this, like I said, to wrap it up because we don't have much time, is I hope the goal, the reason is to get Ezekiel so hated that, yeah, Elias was pretty good before. Um, but we can admit he wasn't a top star. He, he's in the, you know, that second tier. I think – what I hope, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but the Ezekiel is so hated on that when they bring Elias, it puts him into that top tier and he gets a top chance at a run. I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just, that's the only positive he, he's dumb, spin, spin he, I could he, have. He's, done. He, he's on the way to being released. He's, half, he's his totally foot's done. out the door. He's already looking. All right, well, I guess just like that segment, then it is over. Uh, going on to a, one of the good debuts in return, Veer, uh, I thought he had a very strong showing. He took out the Mysterios. I, you know, I kind of hope he doesn't get in. Uh, I kind of hope he keeps taking people out randomly a little bit at first. Uh, you know, just straight attacking people. But here nor there, whatever happens in the future, we've all been seeing the Veer is near. And finally, Mr. Tones, Veer was here, and I think it was impactful. Yeah, I think it was impactful. I think that they did a decent job of having uh, Veer appear. And actually, you know, it's not easy after you wait that long. It, it, it's a long hype train. It's a long time to try and get a guy hype. But then when Veer came, I think that they did a good job of having him, um, you know, put some put some uh, action into his ring. And like you said, did a good job of taking out the Mysterios, and I think there's going to be plenty more to come. I think that was a good start, and uh, we talked on the show before, could this be a flop? Could this be a change? A guy who goes back uh, real quick and they change his character because it was such a flop. I don't think this is the case on Veer. I think he's going to have a good run in the WWE. Yeah. And, I could uh, see him, not to cut you off, I could, no, see, him, I could see them bringing back gender and having a Veer-Gender-Mahal rivalry. Oh, and and I would like, yeah, because Jinder's not too much right now. I could, I would, I would definitely go for that. And like, Veer will only continue to uh, grow. Before we get Cleveland back in here, Tones, you mentioned the Steiner Bros earlier. I forgot what I wa- was going to say, and now I have it. So on NXT last night, actually, Braun Breaker. Uh, you know, before I mention that, Cleve, do you have a thought on uh, what we were just talking about? I like Veer. I think, like Tom's mentioned, he had a very good debut. Um, he had to have one. Like I think we talked about this on the WrestleMania show that how long they've been hyping this up. Because let's be honest, when WWE has been known to overhype something, usually it's a big failure. It's not doesn't live up to the hype. So right. I do like that. You know, he debuted. It was against the Mysterio, so either he'll feud with Ray most likely since he's a veteran, and I think they will match well together. I would 
not like him to go with gender. I think gender is sort of damaged goods at the moment. I think by pairing them together, it would not be a good look for Veer. I think I said his name correct. I think he should slowly... Well, going against each other, how about... That, that'll work, too. I can see that working. Just let him have... Not pairing. Yeah, not pairing. Yeah, a couple squash matches to build him up. Not saying being in the world title pitcher, but he could be a perfect middle-tier heel guy, either for the Intercontinental or the United States champion. So I like the debut, and hopefully we see more of him throughout the weeks. And I just want to mention quick, since we're on the subject quickly, you guys know how Veer got to where he is, right? He he was one of the people who tried out for the Pittsburgh Pirates way back when from India. And he was one of the first two Major League Baseball Indian-born players. Remember when that was a big thing in 2008? One of those guys were Veer. And he ended up, pitching, and he ended up pitching in um, you know, a couple years worth of minor league games for the Pirates, and then eventually he got so big and buff he changed to wrestling. So we want to talk about you know NFL and WWE, UFC, WWE. Here's an MLB and WWE with Veer. Yeah, and uh, thumbs up because the bar is set high with all the times they showed him. So again, raising that level was another. Uh, getting back to it though, the signers we were talking about, Brian Breaker. So. If you haven't seen it, he fights Walter, Gunther, whatever you want to call him, because he's getting called up. A great match for the championship. Ron Breaker wins. After the match, they go to this monitor, and Mr. Scott Steiner is behind bars thanks to Mr. Gacy and Harland, and they said, hey, until we get what we want, your dad's going to be staying right here. So I like how Scott Steiner, you know, just that's the perfect role for a guy like that who's been put into the Hall of Fame. And Ron Breaker um, – Kudos to you. You're going to keep doing big things until you get called up. It will be awesome to see you versus Harland, whatever the next pay-per-view will be. That is must-see, top of a draw, no questions asked. The last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, though, and that is this. We had Omas versus Lashley at Mania. Lashley comes out victorious. Monday Night Raw turns around. MVP's pissed that Lashley doesn't have him around a couple of weeks and not at the match. Turns on Omos. I'm going to go thumbs up on this because for two reasons. Number one, Bobby Lashley to me is um, – he improved on the mic a little bit, but he's more liked uh, now, and he's just such a physical specimen. I think he can handle it on his own, number one. And then if you need to bring Shelton and Cedric back, you could always do that. Number two, Omos needs a mic. It just he's just not good on it, um, unfortunately for him with the language and everything. He needs a mouthpiece. And what better way to do that if you're not going to get Paul Heyman than to get Mr. MVP? I think that is just genius. And then you could keep this rivalry going a little bit, show off what uh, Omos has, and then at the same time, you could have MVP be a part of it, just like you did with Paul Heyman between Lesnar and Reigns. Obviously not on that level, but same kind of uh, story there. You dig that sucker or not, Mr. Cleave? Um, I, I actually do like um, MVP massing up with, I mean, pairing up with almost like you mentioned, he can't cut promos that well. MVP is a great speaker. He's probably, I'll give him the second best mouthpiece when it comes to managers currently in the WWE right now. He really knows how to sell the point across. Um, you see what he did for the careers of Cedric and Shelton just by pairing with him. So it's wondrous what he can do for almost career. And Bobby Lashley doesn't need a manager anymore. I think after he won the world's 
the champion for the second time. It shows that Bobby can stand on his own without someone talking for him. He's a badass dude. He can, like you mentioned, got better on the mic. So I love MVP breaking away from Bobby and MVP creating the next big man in the WWE. Tones. Yeah, when you're a guy like Lashley or Lesnar and you have a big enigma and a big stature already, you don't really need to be 100% on the mic to be effective on the mic. Both of them are a little rough here and there, but they're both plenty well enough that they get the job done. I mean, look, Lashley was a champion in Bellator, and Lesnar was a champion in UFC. At the end of the day, they've both had plenty of um, mic interactions in professional sports. They've both had plenty of things going on. So Lashley is prepared to handle the mic skills on his own, and I think MVP switching hands to Omos uh, is a good move. Omos, I should say, almost, almost. But um, <laughs> Omos, I should say, it's a good move. And, uh, you know, MVP, he's kind of at the point in his career, obviously, where we rarely see him wrestle, but he's a good guy to keep around as a manager. He kind of needed a refurbished home, and he gets it with Omos, a big guy who's – Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do like that he's a giant figure. WWE always needs a giant figure and he's not anything comparable to Lashley on the mic. So you might as well have MVP talk for him. I think it's a really good move. Absolutely. And as I don't forget, people got AEW coming up at the end of the hour with some good stuff that Tones mentioned there. Here's what we're going to do. We want to give you your goodbyes, what's coming up. Tones, I know you know, we you know we got opening day baseball tomorrow. We got the Masters this week. There is a lot happening. But that being said, um, one thing I wanted to mention that, oh, yeah, here we go. Your closing statement, what you got coming up, and then Roman Reigns this Friday is going to be on SmackDown, and we will find out who the next challenger is. Uh, I'm going to go last in this project. Project, which I don't know why I called that. Cleve looks a little bit out of the picture. So tones. Um, start off with you. Tell us a little bit about you know the first game. Wow, that's going to be exciting. Uh, and then who do you think Roman Reigns' uh, next opponent will be? Yeah, thanks for having me. As always, like you said, fantastic weekend of sports. Opening day tomorrow. SmackDown Friday. AEW tonight and Friday. UFC 273 on Woo. Saturday. The Masters this weekend. What? I mean, it's just what? on and on. Yep, on and on. And then NBA last weekend to get in. So all these what? teams are chipping in for the play-in teams. So it's going to be incredible. Um, Bucketeers will be back before you know it. We had an incredible episode last week. If you guys haven't been able to check it out yet, uh, right when our beloved head coach, thank you, BA, the man, the myth, the legend, one of the best in the business to ever coach bunch of jackasses are being dumbasses saying um totally false things about him but we broke down bruce arian's retirement last week right after it got announced with jcl and we actually broke a little news for the first time on the bucketeers last week when jcl and said that todd bowles would still call defensive plays so um that's gonna hold true kind of cool bucketeers will be brewing with another episode within a week or so i'd say and then uh, tomorrow with Armchair, me and you are on a pregame show, and then me and him got uh, Braze Reds, and uh, I'll be on and off at Thursday nights this year announcing with McGee, so be on the lookout for that. But mainly be on the lookout for the Bucketeers, your number one news source for Bucks information and more. And, uh, yeah, just another fun, fun week. And next up for Roman Reigns will be Drew McIntyre. It's kind of – I'm with you. It, it, it's kind of obvious.